When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Now it's time to talk about Joe Biden. The best poll from Monmouth University last week had Biden with more than Bernie and Elizabeth Warren combined. Of course, we take all the polls with a grain of salt, especially this early in the race, but Biden is clearly way in front. For comment, we turn to Jeet here. He's a new national affairs correspondent for The Nation. Previously, he was staff writer for The New Republic, and he's written for The New Yorker, The Paris Review, The American Prospect, and The Guardian. And he wrote the book In Love with Art, Francoise Mouly's Adventures in Comics with Art Spiegelman. We reached him today in Regina, Saskatchewan. Sheet here. Welcome to the program. Uh, Good to be here and good to be at The Nation. Well, Biden's position is pretty clear His view is that the problem we face is a limited one. It's not the Republican Party. He says things will fundamentally change with Donald Trump out of the White House. Quote, you will see an epiphany occur among many of my Republican friends, close quote. There aren't many other Democratic presidential candidates who talk about their Republican friends, but Biden has uh, recently. Let's start there. Sure, yeah. I I think um, one of the points I want to emphasize is I don't think that remark is an accident or uh, it actually gets to the core of Biden's political philosophy. He often talks about friendship, friendship with people he disagrees with, friendship with people uh, in the other party. And I mean, he basically believes uh, that America is a very divided country, you know, divided by race, divided by class, divided by ideology. And what happens is people elect representatives and then these representatives become friends and they figure out ways to work around these divisions. And that, that is Biden's political philosophy, and that's what he's going to sell himself as, and that under the Obama administration as vice president, he was the one, you know, Republicans didn't want to te- deal with Obama. He's the Kenyan Marxist antichrist. <laughs> yes. uh, but the, the, but uh, Obama could send, you know, good old Joe, who has these Republican friends, and he could uh, make deals with them. Is Joe Biden telling the truth when he says he was friends with these guys? On the level of friendship, yes. I mean, I think Biden has been in Washington for a long time, and he he really comes out of this era uh, from the 1970s, a sort of, you know, pre-Newt Gingrich world where things were much less polarized. And he, you know, genuinely seems to be friendly with um, uh, both very conservative Democrats, which there were many more of in the 1970s, you know, like real segregationist types. 
and uh, but also Republicans like Storm Thurmond. He was the only Democrat who uh, spoke at Storm Thurmond's funeral, and he gave like a long, impassioned speech on the theme of friendship. So I think that there's every reason to believe that this is sincere. So Biden talked about his friendship with Strom Thurmond. Was that a gaffe? A gaffe, you know, is defined as a politician <laughs> inadvertently telling the truth about something he was not supposed to say. I don't think there was a gaffe. It was like actually spoke like uh, at the funeral. And I would encourage listeners to actually uh, Google uh, the, the full speech because it's very revealing. I think it gets us the heart of uh, Biden's philosophy. I mean, he acknowledges that Thurman had been a racist, but he says he had a change of heart and he was able to work with people. And he really presents the most benign possible view of Thurman's life. And I have to say, it's a kind of a false one. I mean, I think to speak of Thurman's change of heart ignores the fact that, you know, this is a man who had an African-American daughter, you know, produced out of a relationship that we would probably call statutory rape. I mean, like, you know, Thurman was a young man and he um, had uh, sex with a 16-year-old maid. And Thurman lived to be 100. And in his 100 years on earth, he never acknowledged his black daughter. The facts about her only came out after her life. Uh, And he, you know, was a huge advocate of segregation for much of his life. Biden makes reference to the fact that he voted for extending the Voting Rights Act. But that's actually came out of a period where Thurmond, after African-Americans had the vote, courted them. He voted for that and uh, was sending his daughter to an integrated school. After the election, he immediately shifted his white daughter uh, from the integrated school to like an all-white uh, school. Uh, and he went back on many of his, uh, his uh, courtship of black voters. So I, I think there's every reason to think that, you know, Thurmond was a lifelong, very cynical racist. And... Uh, And Joe Biden delivered his eulogy. So this was uh, shocking to all of us when Biden talked about his friendship with Strom Thurmond. But New York Times op-ed columnist Michelle Goldberg, who went to South Carolina last weekend to see the candidates in action, reports that ordinary voters don't seem to care about uh, the gaffes that obsess people like us. She says, no one I spoke to in South Carolina was bothered by Biden waxing nostalgic about his friendly relations with segregationist senators. Most people hadn't even heard of it. I wonder what you make of Michelle Goldberg's report. Uh, Well, I mean, I think that's accurate. Like, I think that the number of people that are paying attention to politics closely is a lot smaller than one, you know, one would think. People, Democratic voters have a generally benign view of Biden because he was Obama's vice president and, you know, Obama was a, a popular, is the most popular Democrat probably. So, I mean, I think that where this stuff will hurt Biden is more among the really hardcore committed voters. And it opens up, you know, like uh, areas of attack uh, when voters do pay attention, like during debates. And certainly his many of his opponents, like, uh, you know, Cory Booker uh, and Harris and Sanders have all called Biden out on this. So, what? I mean, like, I don't think it's, it's not, this is going to kill Biden's candidacy, but like, I think it, it does give his opponents something to work with. And is it correct that Biden's friendship with Republicans made it possible for him to form political alliances and achieve valuable goals either when he was in the Senate or when he was vice president for Obama. That's his main point. I know, I know. I, I mean, I, you know, you can, 
if you look at like what he's worked with, you know, like with the Thurman, he, you know, worked on a crime bill, which, you know, we can kind of see as part of the sort of mass incarceration, you know, like it really strengthened sentencing guidelines. With another segregationist who's a Democrat, um, Eastland, he, you know, worked to oppose busing. And he famously worked with Republicans to get Clarence Thomas, you know, <laughs> onto the Supreme Court. So, which is not like something I think many people would uh, support. I, I think more recently, he can say, I mean, I think it's definitely the case that with the stimulus bill, he was the one who was the point man, and he got three Republicans who might have not voted for stimulus to vote for it in like, you know, 2009, 2010. But on many other occasions, I mean, like even Jonathan Chait of New York, who's very favorable to the sort of Biden-Obama approach, acknowledges that, you know, like most of the sort of deal-making was very minor and ineffectual and, you know, didn't take place after, you know, after especially after 2010. And especially... I mean, we have to just acknowledge the reality of the Republican Party. I mean, like, you know, Obama tried to reach out to them. He gave them Merrick Garland, you know, very moderate justice. And, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell responded with complete resistance. And that's the Republican Party. This is the party of Trump. And it's not going to change. And the idea that the... I mean, the fundamental thing that Biden is going to sell, which appeals to some voters, many voters, is that the problem is Trump. Trump goes away. We'll be back to normal. You know, we'll be back to the Obama time. But, I, you know, the world only turns forward. <laughs> the, 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 you know, like, the, you know, we're not going to go back to a pre-Trump world. And the, the Republican Party will be, uh, has been Trumpized. And even more, it's been McConnellized. You know, McConnell is the face of Republican resistance. And uh, we're going to, and I think both Warren and Sanders and other De- uh, Democrats who are running are more aware of that. They're really saying, like, you know, we have to have a politics that tries to take on this extremist Republican Party and change the equation and, and, and be a fighting party. I, I don't want to get into the horse race stuff because I think Biden could win the nomination and I think he could even win the presidency. But it's just a simple reality. Like, do we really believe? That, you know, good old Uncle Joe is going to like, you know, backslap, you know, Mitch McConnell and solve all our problems. Like, like that seems like a pure fantasy to me. It's a bigger fantasy than like, you know, Donald Trump's wall. <laughs> he's, he's selling an, an imaginary politics. And I, I think that's a problem. So are there any Republicans in the Senate today who want to be friends with Joe Biden? That's a, that's a really good and interesting question. Like, I think that there might be people who are temperamentally inclined to be his friends, but the problem is with people. It's not a personality issue. Biden thinks of everything in terms of personality. The problem is anyone who would work with a President Biden is going to get primaried. We should be realistic about this. One more thing. Why are you in Regina, Saskatchewan? Ah, well, nation readers and uh, uh, listeners will be pleased to know that Regina is the birthplace of Canadian socialism. Yes. Uh, it's the, the first, uh, Tommy Douglas created socialized medicine in this province, which was then later adopted by the rest of Canada, then the first socialist government above a municipal level in North America. But the main, <laughs> so, so it all makes it very attractive. But the main reason is that my partner teaches at the University of Regina, teaches British history. And as a writer, I can write anywhere. So we, we find ourselves in this lovely province. And you are a Canadian citizen. I'm a Canadian citizen, yes. Jeet here is the new national affairs correspondent for The Nation. You can read him at thenation.com. Jeet, thanks so much for talking with us today. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's a great conversation. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com 
And you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.